0: Well, good morning and uh, welcome to second part of our show as we're live here this morning on January 20th, 2020 on one radio network.com. We're streaming live on YouTube and Facebook and on our website. And we have a YouTube channel now with all of the the interviews that we're doing so you can go there, Patrick Timpone, the link is top right of our website and uh, you can subscribe and like that and like things on Facebook, and uh, that'll help um, to uh, you know, spread the word on, on what we're doing here. We're kind of moving things around with our new schedule, uh, and uh, so Dr. Pete now is going to be on the third Monday of the month, which is right now at uh, 10.30 Central Time, which is 8.30 on the uh, far west coast, where Dr. Pete is up in... The Northwest. He's uh, very popular around the world and around here. He has his PhD, University of Oregon. He specialized in physiology. Started his work on hormones in 1968. And wrote his dissertation, in which he outlined his ideas on progesterone and hormones closely related, and uh, to it, his main thesis is that energy and structure are independent at every level. Hmm. We should ask him about that right now. Dr. Pete is on the phone, and he doesn't. He's a he's a luddite, somewhat like we are, and doesn't do the whole camera thing and all that. And so we just have his picture up there, but um, that's fine too. Just being able to talk to him is worth it. Dr. Ray Pete, uh, good morning. Good morning. How's your life, sir?
1: Oh, very interesting. Really. Uh- I had an interview yesterday about philosophy, uh, interesting change of subject, but basically everything interrelates, so it uh, keeps, keeps things interesting. Yeah, yeah. So
0: maybe we can talk about that a little bit on the idea that your thesis that energy and structure are interdependent. It's almost a spiritual idea that spirit or chi or whatever creates all this is
1: is one kind of uh, yeah the, the, it's going on all through the universe uh, uh, the the, um, the same things that, that generate en- energy and order in planets and and uh, galaxies and so on uh, it, exactly the same thing is happening in our bodies uh, energy flows and creates order.
0: So as we allow the energy to flow, flow more and more, we have more order in our life, in our body, in our health?
1: Uh, yep. Ox- oxygen is uh, receiving electrons. Uh, sunlight puts electrons into the form of, of sugar. Uh, and uh, that's the... Uh, source of all all our energy is uh, energized electrons uh, from the sun in sugar and uh, when we consume it, if we're really healthy, it goes all the way down to oxygen forming water and uh, so the cycle is complete but if we aren't healthy uh, then the sugar electron energy uh, stops very very near where where it started and comes out as lactic acid it 's only uh, half broken down, but it becomes toxic rather than constructive uh, When we burn the uh, electrons all the way down to oxygen, a byproduct uh, of the sugar is carbon dioxide, and the carbon dioxide is what keeps our structure. Uh, finely tuned uh, and adjusted, uh, favoring that complete use of energy.
0: Wow, that's just so cool! So, so the lactic acid and the the incomplete use of this sugar could be one of the reasons why sugar is blamed for cancer cells.
1: Uh, I, exactly, and hmm. uh, for, for when Varberg discovered that. Cancer produces a huge amount of lactic acid even when it has oxygen and should be able to uh, oxidize it all the way to carbon dioxide. Uh, people for a hundred years now uh, have, have been inattentive to what that means. Uh, there, there are still uh, uh, exercise physiologists and such who are claiming that uh, lactic acid is a wonderful source of energy and such. Uh, But uh, what Warburg started uh, discovering was that it isn't just cancer producing lactic acid, but lactic acid itself produces cancer, keeps it going. It it, uh, creates the energy block in other cells. So when the cancer cells make uh, turn glucose into lactic acid, uh, the lactic acid circulating in the neighboring cells uh, disturbs their energy, interferes, uh, displaces the carbon dioxide and its metabolism. Uh, and so the cancer spreads just by lactic acid to, to a great extent. Uh, and then it becomes systemic. That the circulating lactic acid is uh, It can be a test for for cancer and general health uh, if they just look at the amount of lactic acid in your blood because uh, when it's circulating, it's putting all of your body under stress, uh, shifting the the electronic balance uh, away from full oxidation, displacing carbon dioxide.
0: And so we have sunlight, which works with it, the body, and or the energy which turns into kind of sugar, and
1: somewhere along the line... Uh, we finish what, turning it into carbon dioxide. That,
0: that, that's in the perfect model. We turn it into carbon dioxide, mm-hmm. right? And then what prohibits it from doing that and turns it into lactic acid is is what how we create disease by all the different ways we create it?
1: E- exactly, yeah. Just about anything mm-hmm. that... It interferes. Uh, uh, the, the the idea of stress is extremely general. It, it can be too much activity or too little mm-hmm. activity. If you're put in a cage so you can't move, uh, the same physiology happens as if you were forced to run on a treadmill.
0: Same thing. Too much or too little.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, when when you're uh, strapped down, for example, uh, your serotonin increases, and the serotonin uh, turns on that uh, cancer metabolism or the stress metabolism. And uh, if you're forced to uh, run constantly, for example, uh, the uh, uh, circulating lactic acid suppresses uh, the active thyroid hormone uh, and uh, Inter- interferes with your ability to finish the oxidation to carbon dioxide, uh, and so it leaves you in a stress condition.
0: So the natural progression is to to turn this sugar into carbon dioxide, mm-hmm. and then why does the body like to have this carbon
1: dioxide? Um, uh, people have looked at. Uh, all kinds of organisms, single cell organisms of various types, and there are uh, a lot of uh, simple organisms that don't need oxygen, they just need some form of energy. But it turns out that all of the simple organisms that have been tested, even though they might not need oxygen, they still need carbon dioxide. Uh, so it's really in the the whole picture of of life it's even more essential than oxygen but most most organisms have the oxygen and produce their own carbon dioxide
0: and so when we when we exercise is is there a way to retain more carbon dioxide
1: um yeah just the right uh, amount of exercise. You don't want to overtrain. That's where the Mm -hmm. lactate starts melting you down, increasing cortisol and such, and lowering the the constructive progesterone, DHEA, and testosterone. Uh, The right amount of exercise increases those constructive steroid hormones and uh, produces uh, more carbon dioxide than at rest, uh, so you're raising your body temperature by uh, the right amount of exercise, uh, and that increases uh, the carbon dioxide. The carbon dioxide is binding to all of the cellular proteins uh, and uh, changing even changes the way the hormones uh, interact uh, on, on the cell proteins. Uh, many years ago, uh, in explaining uh, breathing, uh, respiratory physiology, uh, they always mentioned that a major way to transport carbon dioxide on the red blood cells is in the form of carbamino compounds, uh, where the carbon dioxide sticks to an, an amine Uh, amino group on the uh, hemoglobin molecule. Uh, It forms a compound. Uh, uh, The the acid and the base uh, stick together instantly and then reaching the lungs where there's more oxygen, uh, that that compound decomposes. But strangely, uh, only two or three people that I found over the last uh, 50 or 60 years Hmm. Have been interested in that interesting carbamino uh, reaction. It happens not only in the red blood cells, but everywhere. Everywhere there's a protein with an exposed amino group, uh, and that means the so-called uh, hormone receptors are influenced, modified by the presence of carbon dioxide. So uh, every place there's a, a protein, basically, uh, the, the carbon dioxide is going to adjust the sensitivity to things such as as hormones. And the, these groups happen to be uh, where oxidative damage happens. Uh, uh, you've seen the, the, the so-called diabetic uh, mm-hmm. way of diagnosing red blood cells when, when they're getting uh, glycated. Uh, glycation uh, happens in the brain in Alzheimer's disease in in the blood vessels in, in aging in general and these so-called glycation uh, compounds are sticking to the same place the carbon dioxide uh, should be uh, so if you have high carbon dioxide the, the, the any uh, uh, glycating uh, compounds like breaking down sugar or uh, unsaturated fats, uh, these broken down oxidative uh, particles just don't stick because the the site is protected by carbon dioxide binding to it.
0: Hmm. Just don't stick. So how, if you're just joining us, Dr. Ray Pete and if you'd like to be on the show, you can email Patrick at oneradionetwork.com or 888-663-6386, January twenty Twenty twenty, you can put a question or a comment on Facebook or YouTube. So knowing what you know about this and very fascinating, I don't know if all of us were able to follow all of that, but I think we got a pretty interesting concept about the lactic acid and the carbon dioxide. How do you, for example, utilize this information? And you're what, uh, uh, Dr. Pete, uh You're eighty three? Uh, age? eighty mm-hmm. three? How, how do you, how do you work with that? to help you stay stay healthy and stick around for a while. How, how, how does this information um, impact the way you live your
1: life? Oh, I, I make sure that I take some uh, thyroid uh, to keep my body temperature up and my heart rate up. Hmm. And every couple of years, I, I check my oxygen saturation. And... Uh, if, if I'm at a high altitude, uh, it's easier to get my oxygen saturation down to the level that uh, is the safest. But uh, uh, just waking up in the morning, uh, uh, when I'm feeling best, my oxygen saturation will go down to uh, 90 or 89 maybe. Uh, and if I'm under stress, uh, my uh, uh, finger uh, gadget that measures the oxygen, hemoglobin saturation, m- might go up to uh, 98 or 99%. Uh, uh, the, the, um, it, it isn't good to um, have your tissue saturated with, with uh, oxygen because uh, that's uh, competing against the carbon dioxide. Uh, you, you should keep your uh, oxygen and carbon dioxide in in a good balance.
0: So, you, are you speaking of just this little finger thing you can get mm-hmm. and put on, and you look at the, the saturation of oxygen? Now, that's just, of course, opposite of what we're told. The higher number is the better.
1: I'm, I, yeah, but uh, th- these finger gadgets really aren't. Uh, the, the person who invented uh, the saturation. Uh, instrument uh, had had a more complex way of doing it, oh. and uh, these things on your finger, if you uh, uh, put your finger in uh, warm water you 'll uh, tend to have a lower saturation i 've experimented putting my fingers in cold water and it goes right up to a hundred percent saturation oh. Uh, so it's, if you're not using the oxygen it'll uh, simply show a high saturation in in your extremities uh, you you want to be using the oxygen and making carbon dioxide so uh i I think the average person ought to be around ninety three to ninety five percent saturation in general
0: with one of the little finger jobs finger mm-hmm. job. uh-huh is that what you use to test
1: mm-hmm.
0: really. So, wow. So again, when we're 98 or 99, it's telling us that we need to do what to get that down to 90. What would we do to move that
1: down? I I would sometimes just relaxing Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, paying attention to how your body feels Uh, and uh, if you're just having a, a thought of things you have to do that can tend to make you hyperventilate Uh, and uh, just by uh, being anxious and hyperventilating you uh, breathe so fast you're blowing out uh, too much carbon dioxide Mm -hmm. and all by itself that will raise your lactic acid because carbon dioxide suppresses uh, that wasteful uh, use of uh, sugar and protein Mm -hmm. uh, so you, you don't want to hyperventilate, and uh, e- taking thyroid makes you breathe harder. But it's doing it by producing more carbon dioxide, stimulating breathing. Uh, so the the amount of oxygen you're moving uh, isn't the question. It's it's how you're using that oxygen. Uh, and if you're using it efficiently, generally, uh, you'll be in the middle. Uh, 90s, middle to low
0: 90s. Middle to low 90s. So if we are relaxing and learning how to breathe and taking three, four, five breaths a minute rather than 15 or... um, Um,
1: If if, if your thyroid is active, uh, you might be doing fine on 25 breaths a minute. Really? It's all all a matter of your metabolic rate. Uh, a, A low thyroid person breathing uh, just a few times per minute can still be hyperventilating because they don't need the oxygen if they're very hypothyroid. And so breathing a normal amount will still be hyperventilating chemically for them.
0: Hmm. And your body temperature is still one of your main ways, Dr. Ray-Pete, that you kind of look at the thyroid. Uh,
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh temperature, uh, just getting in a warm bath uh, can solve a lot of things. If you're uh, sure you're keeping the energy up, having some uh, orange juice or or milk and sugar or something to make sure you don't get low blood sugar, uh, warming your body either by uh, muscle activity or or just by sitting in a warm bathtub will uh, improve your metabolism. Uh, lower inflammation uh, by getting the carbon dioxide produ- produced.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, Doctor Ray Pete is with us, Patrick Timpone, One Radio Network So, um, so the body temperature and the TSH and the other metrics we can get with a with a blood test do they do they normally correlate? Um, together,
1: uh, uh, very often uh, the um, TSH, uh, if it doesn't uh, easily increase your your thyroid uh, secretion, uh, the, the TSH keeps rising, and when it acts on other cells, uh, the first thing it does is to excite the thyroid gland, and that should produce uh, T4 and T3 which keep the TSH uh, down at a a moderate level. But if the gland isn't responding uh, with with enough uh, uh, thyroid hormone production, then the TSH keeps rising, and the TSH has an irritating, stimulating Hmm. act on other cells, such as your blood vessels and and bone marrow cells, and it will... uh, create a generalized inflammation so that uh, hypertension, uh, a lot of the uh, circulatory problems are caused directly by too much TSH rather than by too little uh, thyroid hormone. Uh, So so they they go together, low thyroid hormone, high TSH, both of them contribute to the problem.
0: Dr. P., uh, people listening around the world and if they're working with a doc and doing the the natural thyroid, working with the TSH number. Um, Are they they on pretty solid ground there, do you think?
1: Um, No, I I keep seeing uh, people being diagnosed exclusively on the basis of their TSH. Uh, You you have to look at the uh, whole metabolism, how many calories they're eating. You can't be hyperthyroid and uh, maintain your body weight on... 1,800 calories a day. Uh, uh, I I keep seeing that, that diagnosis and, and people treated for years with a thyroid suppressive drug when their metabolic rate is already too slow. Uh, and uh, uh, stress hormones will lower the TSH. So it looks like you're hypothyroid, but you're really just under stress. Yeah. Uh, the... Um, uh, uh, looking at uh, large populations and and their uh, natural uh, level of thyroid-stimulating hormone, uh, one study found that people with 0.4 uh, below the so-called normal range, mm-hmm. fr- from uh, 0.01 up to 0.4, these people were free of thyroid cancer. But as their TSH uh, uh, on average went up, Uh, So did the incidence of thyroid cancer. Uh, It's uh, the the same way that uh, the gonadotropins, FSH, for example, tend to drive ovarian cancer. If you remove an animal's one ovary, the uh, FSH in the pituitary increases and overstimulates the remaining ovary, so that one is more likely to develop cancer. Uh, Same with a testicle or an adrenal gland. Uh, uh, If you remove one adrenal, the other one uh, overworks and gets too much uh, of the pituitary stimulating hormone and tends to uh, develop a tumor.
0: So can you here um, kind of map out for our listeners what you would list as you know, the, the bullet points um, so they can maybe have an idea and take some notes and listen to this and see how they can help to balance this thyroid without going down some black holes. Do you have some bullet points you can put up there of things they they should look at and change?
1: Um, I, yeah, I, I've um, seen a few people over the years who were, On a a raw vegetable diet, for example, eating uh, lots of of undercooked or raw uh, broccoli, uh, uh, cauliflower, and and cabbage uh, and soybeans, and uh, uh, they were uh, developing uh, multiple uh, endocrine problems. Mm -hmm. And just just by adding some eggs and milk to their diet, uh, people who who were, were told that their thyroid that their uh, pituitary gland was uh, hopelessly defective just by adding eggs and and milk and orange juice. Their pituitary function came back to normal. Hmm. Uh, And uh, uh, besides uh, those raw vegetables, uh, probably the the two most uh, uh, important things for damaging thyroid function are uh, a protein deficiency, uh, people sometimes uh, get along for years eating uh, only 20 or 25 grams of protein a day, but that just isn't enough to keep your uh, energy running at the proper high rate. And the other thing is the polyunsaturated fats, which mm-hmm. even on a, 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 the ideal diet, uh, they will still tend to accumulate in the body over the years. But if you're eating Uh, Lots of vegetables and uh, nuts, seeds uh, are are generally rich in polyunsaturated fats, and uh, fatty fish and poultry and pork, because of what those animals are generally fed. Uh, The the polyunsaturated fats uh, are efficient for making the animals gain weight because uh, their thyroid is suppressed, so that uh, Uh, they retain more of the food they eat as fat. Uh, And so if you eat fatty fish, uh, uh, poultry, pork, uh, and the the vegetables that uh, are high in those polyunsaturated fats, uh, you retain uh, progressively. uh, They inhibit the secretion of the thyroid hormone uh, from the gland by blocking enzymes, and they interfere with the transport from the gland to your tissues and then in the tissues they block the actions of the thyroid hormone and and at the same time these polyunsaturated fats are intensifying the the actions of estrogen and actually stimulating the formation of, of estrogen and the estrogen is a major uh, inhibitor uh, of the secretion of the thyroid hormone. Uh, so the, the polyunsaturated fats uh, work complexly on, on your whole metabolic system. Uh, uh, ultimately, they uh, tend to degrade the mitochondria that, that produce the carbon dioxide.
0: Mm, wow. What a trail that you've just, yeah. uh, image that you've just painted for us. So, so what are your your favorite proteins, if we want to get so many. Do we have a number of so many grams of protein per body weight uh, that uh, is a good starting point? Um,
1: uh, The National Academy of Science did uh, a study for the Army, uh, and uh, they found that uh, even uh, medium-sized men and women uh, at just... desk work, just ordinary uh, eight-hour-a-day activity, nothing very physical, Mm -hmm. needed at least 100 grams of protein a day uh, to work efficiently. Uh, And they didn't specify the the upper limit, but but the the minimum even for uh, medium-sized women was about 100 grams per day. And And, uh, uh, the, the trouble is that the the highest quality proteins uh, are rich in methionine, cysteine, and and tryptophan. And all of these, uh, these happen to be potentially uh, toxic uh, amino acids. Too much of them can cause uh, seizures or inflammation, uh, excitotoxic processes. Hmm. Uh, So uh, ideally, you you would uh, get more uh, gelatin-like amino acids. Gelatin happens to be uh, deficient or to lack uh, those uh, toxic or or excitatory amino acids, methionine, cysteine, uh, and tryptophan. Uh, But fruits uh, have a fair amount of amino acids Typically about one percent, where milk is three percent. So so, um, milk happens to have uh, some uh, anti-stress factors, uh, a variety of of nutrients and and proteins that uh, counter uh, the the stress which the excitatory amino acids would would promote, Uh, and the the high calcium content of milk is the is the most important anti stress factor
0: hmm. so gelatin is your favorite that's the like the gelatin you can get great lakes gelatin that that gelatin uh, yeah, it's yeah one of for, your favorites for, for protein
1: uh, for for an old person uh, that that's, that's the best because it doesn't support tumor growth for example
0: oh but for younger types uh twenty thirty forty
1: uh, w- when you're growing up until 25 or so, mm-hmm. uh, you need the full protein, like milk and cheese and eggs.
0: Mm-hmm. And as the body goes around more revolutions around the sun, it can do it can do well with just the gelatin.
1: Um, uh, yeah, um, many years ago, nutritionists uh, noticed that uh, old people sometimes would live on, on uh, maybe jello and toast or something that. Uh, <laughs> It seemed completely impossible, but but the, uh, it happens that the, the gelatin is uh, uh, just about what the old person needs, with with just a very small amount of of the tryptophan methionine uh, to keep your hair growing and and such.
0: And if one wanted to do animal foods, what in your opinion in the literature shows that are are some of the most preferable ones to have for protein? Uh,
1: um. Uh, yeah all of the animal foods are are um, very rich in those essential and uh, growth promoting uh, amino acids uh, so uh, with with age uh, the the uh, to, to be uh, safe from from inflammation you don't want to overdo the uh, the growth promoting especially if they 're associated with uh, polyunsaturated fats,
0: so then the fatty fish and you said pork and chicken poultry they tend to have more of the poofus because of what they 're fed uh,
1: y- yeah uh, soybeans and corn, for example, mm-hmm. uh, have a very high proportion of of unsaturated fats uh, and uh, in during uh, uh, The the 1940s, uh, it was discovered that uh, those grains uh, produced the the best return on investment. A small amount uh, of uh, the the fatty uh, grains uh, would produce the the best uh, weight weight production per dollar.
0: Sure, Uh, sure. But even now, in a you know in. The awareness that's out there, Doctor Pete, at farmers' markets, you can find um, eggs from mostly, you know, yard, you know, grass-fed. But then, when they do supplement, they use. You can get organic feed with no soy, which sounds pretty good. But um, even those eggs are, can have more poofies than we want because there's corn in this feed. Where, well, how can you find eggs that are worth well, eating?
1: It, um, my my friends in Mexico would uh, feed their, their kitchen scraps oh. uh, to the chickens, and there would be lots of of uh, uh, oh, uh, meat meat scraps uh, and lot uh, mm-hmm. lots of tortillas, leftover tortillas which had the fat removed. Interesting. And uh, their eggs uh, were, were super. The, the taste is improved uh, as the. Uh, a polyunsaturated fat content goes down uh, the cholesterol tends to increase and, and the taste is better uh, if you uh, have noticed uh, at supermarket eggs sometimes uh, they will say they're high in uh, n minus right. 3 omega minus mm-hmm. 3 fatty acids uh, I've noticed that those have a very fishy taste uh, uh, f- flax seed uh, has been used as a chicken food supplement for those fatty acids but uh, I-, I think uh, people people notice the, the fishy taste and uh, tend to stay away from those Just after they notice the taste
0: So if one were going to have their own chickens and they were going to do um, supplemental feed, what would be an ideal if they don't have enough grass like in the winter and such?
1: Um, uh, table scraps are are very good yeah. uh, 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 bread or, or tortillas mm-hmm. or cooked potatoes uh, all kinds of, of uh, edible uh, human human food is very good for chickens very
0: very interesting Dr. Ray Pete is with us stay right there dr Pete we're going to take a a quick little uh, break here and uh, uh, if you have a question, you can join us patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. dot com we appreciate your ongoing support. And basically, if you are new here, what what we do at One Radio Network is we're on the air every day. Well, we're on the air now live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with live streaming, and then we have all kinds of uh, um, three thousand hours of of, of of audio that you can um, check out, and then go to our YouTube channel. And watch some of the shows and like them. So we have a lot of a lot of things here for you on one radio network. And the way we uh, support ourselves is if you look at the right side of our page, some really beautiful, nice little ads and uh, some great products. So if there, you know, if you see something there that kind of tweaks you and makes you look kind of wow, I want to try some of that. We have some very, very nice people and good people. Uh, Ken Rolla. Uh, Brandon Amalani, our sulfur. Um, We got some... um, Oh, yeah, I think there's some some sales on pine pollen going on right now through Tuesday. And uh, you can check this out. Listen. We're talking with health motivator Daniel Vitalis about testosterone and pine pollen. Some of the guys have asked if taking pine pollen would dampen their own testosterone
1: production. Well that's something that can happen with the steroidal forms of isolated bioidentical testosterone and that's one of the issues bodybuilders who are taking steroids often have. What I want to point out about pine pollen is that it's a whole food and the amount of testosterone that's present is very rarefied. So these aren't really issues that we experience when we take the whole food form of pine pollen or a tincture of pine pollen but it is an issue if people are taking synthetic testosterone.
0: Pine pollen. It's a whole food. It's real. And it works for you girls, too. Click and order on any of the SirThrival links, exquisitely manufactured, only from Daniel Vitalis and SirThrival, on the front page of OneRadioNetwork.com. And if you look at that page today, Monday, or tomorrow, I believe it's through midnight, you'll see some really nice savings on pine pollen gold, colostrum, six ounces, an Elk Antler Velvet Gold, you got the prices right there for you. Pretty cool. And, uh, Sir Thrival always offers free shipping on everything over $200, uh, $100 rather. So, so that's a, a cool thing as well. And so this sale, check it out on Sir Thrival for the next, uh, well, 48 hours or so. We're, uh, doing some very interesting. Experimenting uh, had a great uh, study that was presented by Dr. Mark Circus on on hydrogen, and um, this was a case study that was released about a month ago. And we have that case study on the last show with Dr. Mark Circus on the show page, where metastasis in the lungs were completely healed out and cured. Uh, I don't like to use the C word because we don't don't claim that, with hydrogen, breathing hydrogen gas. And you can look at that. I mean, wow, pretty interesting. And here's some information on it, why it might be a good investment for you. Many people have said, and we concur, that the number one investment we should make is in our health. Here's George Wiseman. Last caller, I'm sorry, I didn't remember his name, said an investment. Uh, And this is really the investment kind of thing that you need to do. Not my machine specifically. I, I think I sell the world's best machine, and and I do my best to maintain it and support the customers and everything. But regardless of who you
1: get it from, you really should invest in your health. How are you, you're going to enjoy life if you if you haven't got health? How how are you going to fulfill that bucket list? If <laughs> so, number one on the bucket list should be your health, and then you you get some extra years. I, I say this
0: thing not only adds years to your life because the science is showing a thirty to fifty percent life extension. So I'm expecting to go to the 120, 150 years old and I'd help a
1: lot of people between now and then. But it also adds life to your years. There's no sense living in uh, your, your last decade of life if you're in a hospital bed on attached to machines. You know what I mean? Throwing a Frisbee and having fun.
0: It's so true, isn't it? Boy, if we don't feel good and have the energy to do what we need to do. I mean, what's the point? And here's an investment with a lifetime warranty and also a one-year no questions asked, money back, guarantee if you don't want it. Check out this AquaCure machine, bubbling hydrogen gas, drinking it, breathing it. This is real cutting-edge technology. Check it out. In our store, use promo code 1RADIO for a 10% discount. The AquaCure Browns Gas Machine, one Radio networkcom And I am not sure exactly how this hydrogen worked on the on this uh, metastasis lung things i mean and we've reached out to the people that did this case study on uh, with this one woman and uh, wrote about it and uh, we're going to try we're trying to get them on the air and uh, we'll see if we can we can get that make that happen so so stay stay tuned with that we are listener supported one radio network with Dr. Ray Pete and he's going to be here now and we thank you Dr. Pete for taking time out He's going to be with us once a month on the third Monday of the month at about 1030 Central Time. And then you can then um, also check out his website, com. Sign up for his newsletter. Very affordable, and it comes out every couple months. And uh, Would you just write something different every few months about what you're thinking about on your newsletter, Dr. Pete?
1: Uh, yeah, the current one is on the, the history and Uh, mechanism of vaccination
0: Uh,
1: and uh, uh, that relates to uh, many of the things i've been uh, working on uh, how the immune system uh, works uh, and uh, uh, what uh, what the mechanism of uh, uh, most of the vaccines is is a creating a local in inflammation at the site of injection. Uh, they use not, not only uh, aluminum uh, as an irritant, but uh, many other uh, antigens uh, are in the average uh, vaccine mm-hmm. uh, that, that cause a, a local uh, inflammation, but that local inflammation leads to uh, a delivery uh, of these same irritants to the brain and the reproductive organs uh, ca- causing uh, uh, chronic chronic uh, symptoms in a large proportion of the people uh, uh, it's admitted that uh, 10 to 15% of of the people will have uh, maybe a few days of fever from the inflammation but but they're still uh, recommending that pregnant women uh, get Uh, two uh, uh, vaccines, uh, both of which contain aluminum, and it's uh, generally recognized that inflammation during pregnancy, uh, no matter what is the cause, inflammation during pregnancy changes the way the fetus's brain is developing. Uh, uh, So the the official uh, authorities have acknowledged uh, all of the brain-changing e- effects of, of the vaccines, but still uh, they, they say the vaccines are harmless. You, you must take them. So this newsletter... Uh,
0: is all about it, that. It,
1: it, yeah, it, it's opening up a lot of uh, themes that I'll be writing about more in the future.
0: So we've read also and been told by Dr. Cowan that the vaccines they disrupt this what he calls the the innate immune system right the, the body's uh, immune system
1: uh, yeah when i was in graduate school uh, we we had an international immunology conference and uh, the, the big shots from all around the world uh, came and did their presentation and uh, at that time the innate immune system was considered a, a primitive Thing, irrelevant. These these people were talking about the uh, the structure and and function of the antibodies. Uh, that line of thinking was continuous uh, from the time of Paul Ehrlich uh, and his uh, magic bullet. Uh, the antibodies were still being thought of uh, as extensions of Paul Ehrlich's uh, magic bullet, but uh, Ehrlich shared the uh, Nobel Prize uh, with uh, Metchnikoff, who was an embryologist who showed uh, the immune function as part of the whole developmental process of the organism, a holistic view. And in the 1960s, this was put, put aside as a primitive, somewhat irrelevant form of immunity. But uh, now now it's uh, coming out that the, the antibody system is a kind of a, a desperate uh, last uh, measure uh, of immunity. It's promoted by estrogen and the stress hormones. Meanwhile, the innate immune system actually does learn and uh, is an adaptive immune system, but uh, uh, the... Uh, the antibody people were were saying that the antibody system is the adaptive part, and the, immune, the innate system is is merely a, a primitive uh, a, a forerunner of this fancy system.
0: So the innate immune system immune system would be mm, a child goes out, or a dog or a whatever, and gets exposed to something and the body just kind of figures out,
1: uh, uh, yeah, kind uh, of learn, uh,
0: learns how to work with it and gets stronger because of it.
1: Um, uh, yeah, uh, and the, the natural exposure mm-hmm. to irritants and uh, infections is through the skin or the lungs or the digestive system mm-hmm. or even the the eye membranes, but definitely not through the muscle. Where you inject something inject into something. the muscle, so it's an absolutely different process.
0: So the different, so the innate immune system, in theory, would then keep getting stronger and more intelligent as more, mm, more substances right. were were exposed to the organism, uh, the human, the mammals, uh, the people.
1: Uh, you- yeah, uh, and also in the 1960s, plants were demonstrated to have hmm. a learning immune system. Uh, so uh, the evidence was that the immune system, even in plants, uh, is intelligent and adaptive.
0: Almost an argument for organic, where the the less you mess around with it, if possible, the more it's going to figure out what to do.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, there have been studies in, in uh, se- several countries. India has done a lot of it, uh, showing that vitamin A can reduce infectious disease, Uh, on a level comparable to vaccines. Uh, And uh, vitamin D uh, is the other uh, essential uh, immune-supporting nutrient. Very few studies have uh, combined uh, vitamin A and D and generally good nutrition. Uh, The idea is uh, how to keep infections spreading from poor countries Uh, And uh, vitamin A doesn't cost very much, so they uh, uh, reduce the the, uh, focus of of infection by uh, giving people partial nutrition. But if you simply gave everyone good nutrition, you wouldn't have epidemics.
0: They would the body. So we we kind of understand the innate immune system. So when you give a vaccine with the adjuvants like aluminum and such. Talk us through how this antibody theory is supposed to work.
1: Um, it, it's a very uh, complicated course. From uh, uh, you have uh, cells that, that catch the a- antigen and uh, process it and communicate it to the cells, which uh, supposedly it's a. a, a a cell that has already mutated uh, to be able to uh, uh, match that antigen, and then that one cell uh, multiplies uh, it, uh, as a clone, called the clonal selection theory. And that one antibody's descendants produces a, 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 a flood of these specific antibodies that that then uh, persist. In the body, uh, sometimes for, for, for the whole lifetime,
0: and that's supposed to be a process the promoters of vaccines to to make the the body uh, immune from whatever measles, mumps, and stuff. Um,
1: it, yeah, uh, and I got interested in the fact that estrogen promotes the B cells, which produce the antibodies, where progesterone uh, supports the thymus gland and the T cells, which have the in, intelligent. Uh, Uh, adaptability and uh, uh, multiple levels of of interacting with with bad factors Uh, and uh, it happens that uh, uh, estrogen uh, promotes autoimmunity. Uh, Women have five or ten times the incidence of autoimmune diseases as as men because of this uh, influence of estrogen. And uh, the, the fact that the uh, vaccines are working exclusively on that system, uh, it shouldn't be surprising that uh, autoimmune diseases are uh, the fastest growing uh, I malady right. yeah. in the population. I, I think it's not only the estrogenic substances, but the vaccines, which uh, work in exactly the same way that mm-hmm. estrogen stress does.
0: Dr. Ray Peters with us, uh, January 20. Dr. Peters, you probably know there's more and more talk about adults being um, forced, if you will, to perhaps get some vaccines moving forward with all these. Uh, mm, well, I, I just saw two where they're actually checking people coming now in from China, at Los Angeles, San Francisco, Houston, and New York. I mean, you can see that... Uh, mm, the kind of paradigm being built to, do you know, wanting to protect us from all these outside sources, right? I wonder if a 40- or 50-year-old would take some vaccines because many people conjecture that you won't be able to fly unless you're up on your vaccines, and we think that's possibly coming. How it affects an adult, a 50-year-old, as compared to a, you know, to a 6-year-old? i uh,
1: um- that should have been studied in aging animals. Uh, the, if you look at the uh, actual investigations of how vaccines work uh, and how they work on different individuals, females mm-hmm. versus males, old versus young, those studies just haven't been done. They sure. don't care. Uh, in um, 1986, uh, the government passed a law uh, saying that uh, the drug companies w- would have no liability at all yes. for any harm done by the vaccines. Right. And the uh, Department of, of um, Health Human Services uh, p- pledged at the time that they would check and work with the uh, uh, drug companies to improve the safety of the vaccines and would report every two years. But 30 years later, a lawsuit, uh, when Freedom of Information didn't get the information, they sued them. And finally, uh, the the secretary of HHS uh, admitted that they had done absolutely nothing over those 30 years. Nothing. And and when you look at these studies, uh, the... the, um, the pressure is put on the journals so that critical articles have been retracted and, and denounced as fraudulent just because they were criti- criticizing uh, the dangers of the vaccines. But many of the studies supposedly testing the safety of the vaccines used as a control the whole vaccine minus one antigen. Uh, the control contained the most toxic uh, uh, understood part of the vaccine, the the adjuvants. Uh, and uh, so they were comparing uh, uh, a known toxin uh, against the vaccine and saying the vaccine uh, w- wasn't much more toxic than the toxic uh, components of mm-hmm. it. A, a completely crazy, crooked uh, way to do science, but those articles no one has has pressured them to be withdrawn even though they're they're essentially fraudulent. My goodness.
0: My goodness. So your latest newsletter is all about this on com, right? Dr. dot com. <laughs> wow, fascinating. Um here's an email for you. Hello to both uh, both of you, or you just great, thank you. Uh two questions are thyroid nodules reversible and you know a good source for desiccated thyroid?
1: I, no. I, I've looked, looked into uh, many, many over the years uh, when the Armour product was sold to a different company uh, the recipe was changed and uh, mm-hmm. completely different things are put into it now. Uh, and the uh, uh, for uh, at least uh, the first 20 or 30 years uh they were removing uh, the the thyroid calcitonin hormone and selling it separately so uh, i stopped u- using the uh, uh the glandular uh, i i happen to to have some of the powdered pure gland uh, from a chemical company that i trust but i, I don't know of any uh, uh W- Well-defined, uh, uh, reliable uh, glandular product uh, now. So I, I today. So so
0: today, you you cannot recommend one reliable glandular product out there in the market. I mean, if you had to choose one, which one would you go with to our listeners if they don't have a choice?
1: Um, I, I've heard the fewest uh, bad things about uh, WP and Nature Thread.
0: WP, is that a brand? Yeah. And Naturethroid. You've heard the mm-hmm. fewest issues about it.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, but I haven't used them personally, so, so I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I, I use a, a synthetic that was designed to be exactly equivalent to the old armor thyroid product 40 years ago. Uh, it's called Xenoplus Plus. It's a mixture of T4 and T3 in the same ratio that the old armor had.
0: Oh, Plus. and is that available in the United States? I know you gave us a source in Mexico where you can get
1: that. Uh, that's the only place I know of.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do we know that website? Um, I used to have that. Um, people are going to ask. I know.
1: Of um, uh, farmacia del nino dot. MX.
0: Oh, yeah, farmacio. Yeah, we'll put that on there. So it's Ceno Plus. No, uh, uh, like Cino P-L-U-S?
1: C-Y-N-O, like Cyno Plus.
0: Cyno Plus, and that's got T three and T four. That's and that's mm-hmm. one of the cleanest forms, or it's a synthetic. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And the the tablets are uh, equivalent to more than two grains of the old armor. So you you want to start with about an eighth of a tablet or a fourth of a tablet. Didn't they
0: come in a powder, too, if I recall? No? Um, no not that no. Well, Yeah. So you'd have to be careful about your dosage on that one because it's pretty big, right? 120, right?
1: Uh, it's equivalent to, um, I, I think, about 130 or forty milligrams wow. of armor.
0: Yeah. Ceno plus. And this lady wanted to know about uh, a thyroid nodules reversible.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I've known uh, basically everyone who supplements the right thyroid. Uh, One person was supplementing only T4, which is a a very conventional thing to do because it doesn't give you the the, uh, uh, metabolic effect of the T3, but it does have a full thyroid suppressive effect. But uh, uh, one uh, person who wasn't having the nodules shrink after three months of a full supplement of, of T4 added T3. And within just, I think it was about three weeks, the nodules had shrunk.
0: Ah, excellent. Sana writes in Dr. Pete's current opinion on melatonin,
1: please. Oh, um, I've been following uh, the research uh, for many years. uh, And, uh, One of the uh, problems is that uh, the the body produces a a fraction of a milligram, and so even a one milligram dose, which people uh, uh, use for improving their sleep, uh, that's already unphysiological. Hmm. But if someone takes five or ten milligrams, then that's uh, really getting risky, I think. Uh, There have been studies, uh, for example... Uh, most uh, animals, uh, both in the lab and in the wild, uh, their gonads regress during the winter. Uh, they don't want to reproduce in the winter. And why that is, is that melatonin rises uh, in proportion to darkness. The days are short in the winter, uh, and so melatonin <laughs> uh, rises to a higher level, <laughs> and it causes regression of, of the gonads and uh, uh, also the thymus.
0: So, if one's going to mess with melatonin supplementally, you're talking about really very, very small and doses. Of a tenth to a
1: fourth of a milligram. A
0: tenth to a fourth of a milligram. Wow. Any specific advice on constant stomach noises? tummies making noises.
1: Oh, I think that's good. Yeah, it seems uh, like it, it, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, uh, you know, a, a person sometimes uh, using a stethoscope so they can hear what their intestine is doing uh, can uh, improve. It's a way of meditating uh, to uh, improve relaxation because if mm-hmm. you're anxious, uh, things go quiet, and as soon as you relax. Uh, and uh, are having fun uh, your intestine gets lively
0: yes yeah i've experimented with that when i was going through this heartburn thing late at night and relaxing relaxing not breathing hardly you know just retaining carbon dioxide and the more and more i did it and really got really chilled out if you will i could just hear the stomach you know doing its thing and taking care of any pressure or any burning kind of thing it was so it's it. That's the way it works, isn't it? The more we relax, and so the tummy wants to make those kind of noises. It's, it's that's what it's doing. It's doing its job.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, if you have gas naturally, it'll yeah. resonate more.
0: Yeah. Uh, Anna writes in: I've got a terrible sinus issue that makes me extremely tired. It's triggered by cold, usually cold wind, ice cream. I take progesterone, B3, and thyroid, and antibiotics, but none of them help. I follow Dr. Pete's diet recommendation. My pulse and temperature seem fine. Is there anything else that I could do? Am I missing something here?
1: Um, Sometimes it's the lack of a carrot salad. Hmm. Uh, Carrots are antiseptic and anti-inflammatory and uh, stimulate the intestine while uh, binding uh, the uh, toxins such as estrogen secreted in the bile preventing reabsorption, uh, so it can uh, just having a, a, a good sized carrot salad every day uh, can shift your hormones significantly, uh, reducing uh, uh, such, such things as sinus inflammation, but also uh, infertile women have become <laughs> fertile. Uh, by shifting the balance away from estrogen and the stress hormones, and uh, increasing progesterone.
0: Now, that's one of the few kind of raw vegetables you really like, often, right? Carrots.
1: Uh, yeah, because it's almost completely indigestible, and even bacteria are suppressed by it. It doesn't support bacterial or fungal growth in the intestine. So, so it's it's like an antibiotic mm-hmm. broom. That, that sweeps you clean
0: Mark writes in I have a, half of a thyroid gland left after they took the left side I am currently on Synthroid and I'm wondering if the other side of the thyroid is sufficient enough to make enough of the other hormones um, could Dr. Pete give me some ideas on this
1: uh, yeah it generally regrows and is adequate uh, but the T4 uh, Will will tend to keep it suppressed, and, and that's okay if your liver is able to turn the T4 to T3. Uh, the reason the the glandular or, or the balanced thyroid supplement is better is that so many people have uh, poor liver efficiency, uh, and you have to have your blood sugar steady uh, to uh, uh, convert uh, thyroxine T4 into the active t3 hormone uh, and um, if you um, do everything right uh, right amount of activity and balanced nutrients uh, then your liver uh, will be able to turn t4 to t3 uh, women uh, are uh, many times more likely than men to uh, have a problem with with just t4
0: just t4 Cody writes, in considering that one, were following Dr. Pete's information and and living a long and healthy life as possible, how long does he think one can be expected to live following these ideas?
1: I think the most important thing is the accumulation of the polyunsaturated fats, hmm. which block your ability to respond to thyroid hormone. And so if there's some way to uh, uh, minimize the intake and uh, activate the process of elimination, uh, I think it, it should be able to go on indefinitely. Uh, that's the, uh, the the basic motor of aging, I think.
0: Are poofers polyunsaturated fatty
1: acids? Yeah. Wow.
0: Now poofers are in. There are nuts, too?
1: Um, yeah, except macadamia. Uh, I think even Brazil nuts have a fair amount of PUFA. Macadamia uh, nuts are uh, pretty pretty low.
0: Are they the lowest that you know of
1: macadamia? Uh, the lowest I know of.
0: Mm-hmm. So, in your opinion, then, is if you go with the PUFA concept, nuts are not a good idea.
1: I, yeah, that, that's why I've uh, emphasized sugar uh, and other carbohydrates uh, to reduce the uh, uh, fat intake. Even though butter and, and coconut oil uh, are mostly safe, they still have 2 or 3% of the toxic fats. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, you, you can minimize your intake of those if you uh, increase. Uh, uh, starch and sugar.
0: Starch and sugar. And how would they be increased? What kind of foods? Um,
1: uh, Orange juice, tropical fruits in general, the Mm -hmm. the sweet ones Mm -hmm. rather than the starchy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, all of the nixtamalized uh, grains such as uh, tortillas, uh, tamales, uh, and so on. Uh, uh, Ancient cultures uh, in in Asia uh, as well as uh, uh, the Americas uh, discovered the technique of cooking grains in lye or, or lime uh, ashes or, or uh, 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 lime limestone. Uh, cal is, is what they call it in Spanish.
0: And so that's why um, you could recommend c- corn, you know, in the tortillas and the tamales. But
1: uh, yeah, because... Because of, because
0: uh, of the process... But we don't really have access to that unless we go through that ourselves, do we?
1: Uh, um, uh, yeah, you, it's easy to make uh, if you get organic corn uh, and boil it with, with the alkali. It swells up, makes hominy. <laughs> the hominy, you, you throw away the water because the the alkali has turned the fat into soap uh, and you throw uh, the soap soapy water away. Uh, and then the... Uh, Uh, The corn has been uh, partly digested by the alkali so that the protein changes composition produces some some, uh, niacin uh, increasing the nutritional quality of the protein uh, and uh, uh, partly digesting the carbohydrates so it's less likely to form gas and feed bacteria
0: Do you have um, specific directions on your website of how to do that?
1: Uh, no, but you can find it anywhere on the internet. Just uh, nixtamalized corn.
0: Oh, yeah, What's the name of it? Yeah, nixtamalized?
1: Uh, yeah, N-I-X-T-A-M-A-L-I-Z-E.
0: So you probably watch a YouTube video. They probably show you how to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having Dr. Pete on regularly on One Radio Network. He's greatly helped me with my family. I'd appreciate you if you would ask him um, a couple of questions. One is, would like to know if Dr. Pete ever eats bread.
1: I About 45 years ago, uh, 50 years ago, I, I made bread regularly. I was soaking the flour for about 12 hours until the gluten was essentially gone. Hmm. And so it wouldn't leaven normally. And so I would uh, make up a batter, basically. With powdered milk uh, and uh, uh, the the gluten uh, and and starch were turned uh, to sugar it didn 't have any of the uh, rubbery quality of gluten that makes bread rise, uh, so I would uh, make a wet batter and then bake it <laughs> at a high temperature so it would boil and leaven itself by the steam uh, and it, it made a very delicious. Uh, Non-toxic bread, uh, because the uh, the long soaking twelve hours uh, would uh, convert the harmful proteins to valuable nutritious proteins, and the gluten uh, uh, was essentially zero.
0: So you would actually soak the the wheat berries
1: and (laughs) then grind them uh, up. I grind it first and, and then soak it. And the soak that,
0: soak that. Wow. Hmm. But you don't eat it now,
1: Brett. Uh, not, not, not for forty years.
0: Not for forty years. Yeah. Has Doctor Pete ever married or had any children? And if so, do they follow his work? <laughs> uh, no. No. No above. Huh? Um, if getting cold does negative things, how does? cryotherapy work differently. If getting cold can do negative things to the body, you've heard of this cryotherapy. People are, you know, doing this very super cold. They jump in these tubes.
1: Uh, uh, Yeah, it it, uh, can increase your metabolic rate if your thyroid responds properly.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was interested in the link that Dr. Pete made between hypoglycemia and lactic acid. I've had some issues with hypoglycemia that I believe with diet changes, but now I've been diagnosed with HCM and AFib that are exacerbated by lactic acid buildup. Is there a link between hypoglycemia and cardiovascular disease?
1: Oh, yeah, your adrenaline and... um Uh, histamine and serotonin, everything, uh, the emergency signals rise. Uh, Hypoglycemia and oxygen deficiency are are almost identical in the harm they do. Uh, And they bring up inflammatory stress hormones uh, and uh, cause things uh, such as uh, nerve Muscle malfunctions, heart rhythm problems, inflammation in the heart, kidneys, uh, er everywhere. So, uh, keeping your. uh, The the basic reason for hypoglycemia uh, is uh, that it isn't being oxidized fully uh, and instead it's turning to lactic acid. The lactic acid shifts the uh, electron balance, uh, leads to inflammation and fibrosis, uh, and uh, the rhythm problems are indicating uh, that inflammation and fibrosis are going to develop, so it's very important to uh, get your sugar stable uh, so that the energy is uh, supplied regularly uh, without inflammation uh, and uh, thyroid uh, is the basic thing to to make the sugar oxidized to the stabilizing carbon dioxide. Uh, without lactic acid, uh, just breathing carbon dioxide in an emergency, like breathing in a bag, <laughs> you've probably heard of that. You rebreathe for a couple of minutes, uh, and the carbon dioxide accumulates in the bag and is rebreathed uh, as the oxygen goes down. The CO2 rises, and that will lower the the stress, a- anxiety, a- arrhythmia signals, uh, uh, tending to, to suppress the lactic acid. I, I've known people who uh, were having high blood pressure who in one day uh, brought their blood pressure down to normal by uh, many breathing. Uh, episodes mm-hmm. of rebreathing in a paper bag. Uh, did I mention previously a book from about, I think it was 1905, uh, 1908, somewhere in there, uh, called the medical uses of carbonic acid. Yes, yeah,
0: yeah, that's we should mention that the medical uses of carbonic acid.
1: I don't remember the author's name, but yeah. uh, you can find it. It has a good section on treatments starting from I think 1790 through the 19th century treating cancer with uh, putting putting pure carbon dioxide gas in contact with the tumor.
0: Wow. Uh, and, and in general, as we relax more and don't breathe as much, we obtain we, we more carbon dioxide, right? Um, bio- I, I,
1: yeah, uh, unless things are, are uh, fairly bad. Uh, it really helps to uh, uh, have a, a thyroid uh, a T3 supplement and uh, something like orange juice and milk to uh, support... The system with an ideal chemical environment to help you relax and, and get your own uh, CO two and T three production going.
0: And milk and orange juice does that. Two of the things. Uh,
1: uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, a milkshake or ice cream or marshmallows, uh, anything in an emergency can, ice cream, right, can help right. you break a cycle uh, when when you've been under stress for a while your glycogen stores in the body are are depleted. And uh, we store uh, almost uh, the typical person, about half half a pound of sugar is stored in in our muscles and brain and other tissues. Hmm. And once those are depleted, uh, if you only eat, uh, uh, say, half a pound of of sugar or carbohydrate in a day, you're going to be using most of that and might not be storing uh, enough. So the amount of sugar or or, uh, other carbohydrate that you need to replenish those stores, it's kind of amazing how much it takes. If you uh, uh, make make sure that your thyroid is okay, uh, then eating ice cream and and marshmallows and so on, uh, you can, see the change in your blood pressure, Uh, I've uh, experienced uh, stress that depleted my glycogen so that I had uh, maybe 160 blood pressure over 90, something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, by eating uh, as much sugar as I could get in along with other foods, I could bring those numbers together to a 40-point spread instead of uh, A seventy or eighty point spread,
0: and that's preferable.
1: Uh, Yeah, your your blood is circulating efficiently when the the spread is uh, reduced with sugar. Um, uh, Yeah, or or starch to get your carbohydrate uh, uh, more more than you're burning, uh, then you can store it as glycogen,
0: Mm -hmm. like a potato. Even
1: potato. Uh, Uh, yeah, it would take uh, pound, pounds and pounds of potatoes uh, to, to replace once once you get depleted. Uh, but if you're uh, aware of, if you're checking your blood pressure frequently, you can see the uh, the yeah. pulse pressure, the difference between top and bottom. You can see it decreasing as you make headway of getting your hmm. your glycogen stores back up, so that your T3 is working.
0: Uh, Dr. Ray Pete is with us January 20th Patrick Timpone. Uh Kate uh, writes in, "I've read where people that consume just a little bit of alcohol per day actually have are longer li- lived lived than people who don't ex- consume any. What does Dr. Pete think of uh, just a little bit of wine or l-
1: uh, uh, yeah, in um, some physics labs, they've found that uh, ethanol, at, at a very small amount is a very powerful antioxidant, hmm. uh, and some biological experiments they found that age pigment uh, was uh, regressed from brain cells uh, w- with vitamin e and in their control, uh, they found that the, the vitamin E was uh, contained ethanol, uh, and as a control, they did just ethanol and found that it regressed the age pigment. But the amount it takes to do that is on the order of maybe a teaspoonful mm-hmm. of alcohol per day, mm-hmm. uh, from from one to five uh, uh, cc's of alcohol is enough for that anti- antioxidant action.
0: So and maybe a tea, tea or tablespoon of whatever agave tequila or something is could I, I, could be beneficial. I, I think so. Hmm. Loretta writes in. She's on Facebook. Hi, Loretta. What does Dr. P think about protein shakes for meal replacements?
1: Um, If they're made with a powdered protein, uh, the process of powdering it uh, exposes the particles uh, to oxygen uh, unless it's it's, uh, ground uh, under uh, uh, nitrogen gas and so on. So you, you just can't get a powdered protein that is... Well, gelatin contains none of the oxidizable easily oxidizable amino acids so powdered gelatin is okay for a supplement in the drink.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Loretta what, what Dr. Pete is talking about you can look up Great Lakes gelatin and it's uh, grass-fed I think moo cows and you like that as one of your best sources of some kind of protein right better than whey or whatever. I, I,
1: I, yeah because when you concentrate and dehydrate Uh, the proteins containing uh, uh, cysteine and tryptophan, uh, they are very susceptible to being oxidized into toxins.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's one for you. Uh, This is kind of interesting. Um, Lorenzo wants to know, well, what's the difference between cow milk and goat milk? I seem to do better on goat milk. Is that giving me all the goodness that you talk about with drinking um,
1: milk? Oh, sure. It's um, got all of the nutrients. Uh, It's rich in some nutrients, and uh, the the cream uh, particles are are different, so that uh, it's uh, for for a lot of people it's easier to to digest because of the uh, just the consistency of of the cream particles. Mm -hmm. But but it does tend to have a little more uh, of the minerals. But uh, uh, partly it depends on what the cows are fed. Uh, if the cows have, have a good grass diet, mostly, uh, their milk is very digestible and safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh,
0: goats eat a lot of stuff, don't they? They eat a lot of... They eat everything, don't they, goats?
1: <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you have to make sure they, they don't eat junk.
0: Mm-hmm. Here's an email for you. How toxic is, is fluoride and what instrument or instruments... Oh deep? Oh, there's. Wants to know. Okay. How toxic is fluoride? Is first question.
1: It's very toxic, and uh, the the, um, it tends to accumulate in in your bones and teeth. uh, And when it's uh, bound in a crystal, uh, it isn't isn't actively toxic, but in the process of getting there. Uh, There were studies, uh, Yama and and Dean Burke uh, did a study uh, showing a a correlation between uh, uh, fluoridated water and and cancer, and and that has been uh, intentionally denied by the the fluoridation authorities. But Hmm. uh, animal experiments uh, show that it has uh, toxins, including carcinogenesis.
0: So, just a little bit you just not just don't want to do, put it in your body right yeah, yeah, uh, do you play any instruments right somebody
1: um i yeah um cello is my favorite
0: cello hmm.
1: i i I bought a very nice one for three hundred dollars in in uh, uh is the town in mexico that makes them uh
0: do you know about CRISPR gene editing, C-R-I-S-P-R, gene editing?
1: Um, uh, yeah, the whole idea of, of uh, working on people's genes. Uh, uh, no uh, uh, gene engineer is going to be uh, as competent at engineering the genes as our cells are. Uh, 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 a bacterium is constantly editing and revising its genes according to, to situations, and if bacteria can do it, we can do it. Uh, but uh, the, uh, when, when you try to do it in a test tube, it's always lacking information that the whole body has. Uh, the whole whole body uh, evaluates the situation of our chromosomes and can modify them accordingly with the various epigenetic mechanisms. Uh, But the the genetic engineers are missing almost all of the actual mechanism that uh, produces appropriate changes.
0: I think it's becoming more and more interesting to think about the possibility that we are manipulating and changing all of this with our with our state of consciousness about what we think and believe.
1: Um, uh, Yeah, uh, we're continuously uh, interacting with the environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, When we talk, we're modifying each other's brains. (laughs) Uh, uh, The the whole organism uh, changes in the process of of talking and listening and understanding. And uh, 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 that uh, those, those changes, uh, ordinarily, or it doesn't uh, cause drastic changes. But in uh, bad situations, it can uh, be the decisive factor.
0: Wow! So it's it's not a stretch to think about the idea that if people would sit, watch TV, the news, that it, that energy, these words, or whatever is involved in it, is going into the body.
1: Yeah, uh, when I uh, had TV 20 years ago, uh, I I was watching some Supreme Court uh, judges talking, and I I took my blood pressure, and it had gone up to 168 (laughs) over 110. Uh. (laughs) I I could tell that uh, uh, their, their thoughts were harming me.
0: Yeah, wow. Here's an email or a question... On YouTube, watching on YouTube from Splizzy, what does Dr. Pete think about molecular hydrogen and its research so far? Seems to fall under Pete's paradigm of regenerative versus degenerative metabolism, favoring the regenerative side of things.
1: Uh, Yeah, uh, we have enzymes called dehydrogenases, uh, which can, uh, in principle, use hydrogen Instead of uh, uh, glucose or, or other molecules, the NADH molecule that uh, transmits uh, energy uh, from from glucose or protein uh, to uh, be p- producing energy uh, I, I think a hydrogen molecule uh, can be handled by the enzymes that handle NADh. Uh, and uh, transmit uh, hydrogen electronic energy into the electron hmm. transport chain to hmm. produce uh, carbon dioxide or produce water uh, and uh, you you wouldn't be getting your carbon dioxide uh, if if you relied too much uh, on hydrogen but uh, produ- producing energy i think it can be constructive
0: yeah did you hear that that uh, case study we talked about with the Metastasis and using molecular hydrogen it was fascinating. Wow! Uh, yeah. Uh, Can you understand how that could possibly work?
1: Uh, yeah, by, by uh, reducing inflammation, I, I mm-hmm. think is yeah uh, the uh, inflammation is an imbalance uh, of electrons uh, and uh, uh, sometimes just not having enough energy uh, is a problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so if you cut off your Your oxygen or glucose supply, you go into that uh, uh, stressed condition that uh, produces dangerous electrons. And and, uh, glucose or hydrogen, I I think, can uh, uh, often solve the problem.
0: Interesting. What does Dr. Pete think of taking cold showers? Also, I tend to have cold hands in the morning, but they warm up towards the evening. What could this be related to? or does it say anything about my body? Cold showers in general, do you think the body likes to get cold and get stronger that way, this whole cold idea?
1: If your thyroid function is low, uh, you you should check your uh, waking temperature Mm -hmm. and pulse rate uh, as well as your midday Mm -hmm. uh, temperature and pulse rate. If your metabolic energy is low, uh, getting cold, can slow things down even more and put you over into the inflammatory Hmm. state. Uh, When your feet, for example, are are around 90 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, they start producing uh, inflammatory signals that affect the rest of your body. So your hands and feet uh, are are the uh, quickest to uh, get cold when your metabolic energy is low. Uh, And... uh, A cold bath in that situation just can make things worse.
0: So, the body temperature and the pulse rate—what would be a sign then of, in general, of a a balanced uh, metabolism
1: going on in the morning? I'm uh, waking up with, uh, say. uh, uh, 98 degree temperature and, mm-hmm. and and 70 beats per minute.
0: Yeah, around. In, so that 98 to 98.6, you're not too picky about getting all the way to the
1: 0.6? Uh, by, by about 11 in the morning, it, it should rise about half a degree from the waking temperature.
0: Mm-hmm. And if it would not, if it would stay the same, say 98 throughout the day, you would want to maybe look at maybe a little thyroid?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, uh, check... Uh, the situation changes uh, if your night is very stressful uh, some people will wake up with a 98.6 temperature <laughs> and a 75 beats per minute heart rate uh, and then after they start uh, having orange juice and, and milk and sunlight uh, their temperature will go down to maybe 97 uh, and a, a 60 beat per minute uh, because the nighttime stress can give you uh, artificially uh, increased metabolism at, at waking, so it 's important to look at the the change It should uh, rise your metabolic rate should rise hmm. after breakfast and stay there till sunset
0: mm-hmm. What does Dr. Pete think about this uh, fad or fashion that 's being talked about intermittent fasting, where people just eat four hours in the afternoon, say from noon until four p m And they don't eat again until noon the next day. Could this possibly be beneficial for the body?
1: Uh, No, I don't think it. No,
0: you don't see much. Uh, uh,
1: The the, um, uh, studies on mice, I I don't think, are applicable. Uh, It's important to uh, look at the right species and the right combination of foods and and the timing. uh, And it depends on, on the age and so on. Uh, if you don't have a very high metabolic rate, uh, one one meal a day might be okay. But with a very high metabolic rate, uh, going 20 hours without food can bring on stress.
0: Mm-hmm. Here's one for you. If you put boiling water in powdered gelatin, does that damage the proteins in any way?
1: Uh, no. No. Very stable.
0: Really? Well, mm-hmm. so you could actually put this Great Lakes gelatin in a hot drink if you were to put it something like
1: that. Uh, yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: Wow. Oh.
0: can uh, Doctor Pete share some specific remedies that people can use to break out of chronic inflammatory patterns, such as stress-induced aerobic glycosis? Glycosis.
1: Um. Uh, yeah. Uh, thyroid and and. Orange juice and milk are are the uh, the the quickest ways.
0: Orange juice, milk. What was that one? A thyroid. Thyroid.
1: A thyroid T three supplement in particular.
0: I I think I misunderstood when I asked you about if you were on a if you were on a desert island of where you would what you would take with you. Would you say again that the what you would take with you if you only could do a few, few foods. I'm going to make sure I got it right.
1: I don't remember. You don't remember
0: what you said. I think it was orange juice and tortillas and...
1: Uh, Cheese, maybe. Cheese, maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You think there's a big difference between mm, organic raw cheese and just cheese?
1: Um, uh, Yeah, they're now uh, manufacturing cheese with... Uh, engineered microbes and, and things that you just don't want to expose yourself to. Yeah,
0: yeah. Raw cheese, you think easier to digest than the pasteurized? I
1: uh, well, uh, pasteurization doesn't necessarily hurt it, but uh, it, it's the additives uh, that I think should be avoided. Yeah.
0: Final question for you, then we'll let you go back to work. This is a very profound question. What does Dr. Ray-Pete think about eating peanut butter?
1: Um, I, Years ago, they were finding that uh, I think it was about 30% of the peanut butter samples they tested contained a, a very toxic uh, fungal oh, uh, yeah. metabolite. And uh, just that, that risk, I think, is enough reason to avoid it.
0: That could be why so many people are allergic to peanuts. I guess what is the antiflaxin? Well, there is something, I, whatever it is. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, I think aflatoxin. Was aflatoxin. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And I guess uh, there's yeah. no reason to believe that an organic peanut is really organic these days with drift, and we just don't know,
1: do we? Um, um, well, even organic things can have fungus growing on them. Uh, oh,
0: it's the fungus in the peanut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, Dr. Pete again. Thank you for for being here. We had a we had a good time again. Tell folks your latest newsletter that they can get it drpete.com is all about vaccines.
1: Uh, yeah, history of vaccination. History of vaccinations.
0: All right, sir. It's an honor to talk to you. You're doing good. Thanks for taking care of us and uh, taking care of yourself. Uh we'll see you next month, okay?
1: Oh, okay. Thank you. Yes, sir. Bye.
0: Bye. Dr. Ray Pete, Patrick Timpone com. well it's kind of uh, cool listening to a fellow that's been around 83 revolutions around the Sun and still has this mental capacity going on and doing all this research and writing. he's got something going on. All right kids. We're going to have a little special show for you tomorrow with Andrew Goss. It'll be uh, the one-year anniversary of his translating, leaving his body, the last show we did with Andrew Goss on One Radio Network. I still miss Andrew a a lot. I'll start crying if I talk about it, so I won't won't talk about it too much. but uh, um, So we'll do that tomorrow and then i think we'll run the david wolf one on thursday it's a great show that uh, we had trouble with the uh the uh, my internet so we'll run that on thursday but then we're doing live shows and we're going to actually start doing more and more live things on monday and wednesday so check out our 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 website oneradionetwork.com. com. all the shows are being posted in audio if you just you know download those and listen while you're exercising and and walking and such and uh, Remember Adam Bergstrom? He's going to be back more than once a month. We're going to work some things out with Adam, who we love. Uh, he has a blog on, Adam's blog, every two, three days. Great stuff. Uh, very original material. You're not going to find anywhere else, else with Adam's blog. And um, Dr. Jennifer Daniels is going to be, here, I guess, next week, and Ken Will will be back. We're going to talk about castor oil next week. So we got a lot of good things. Let us know, people, that you'd like to hear about. And we appreciate your ongoing support, and that's how we uh, do the financial thing here at One Radio Network, is by you purchasing some of products. Now, if you don't need anything, don't don't buy any stuff. You're, we're fine, we do good. But if you need something, and you want to look at look around on our website, in our store, and on our website, I think you'll find some very nice um, products. So, Thrival Shen Blossom the Aloe. The Blue Shield is a great thing for um, uh, protecting you from um, EMFs. Check that one out. Ken Rolla and his Golden Pyramid, nice thing to put in your in your room uh, in your, where you sleep. Um, the sauna, amazing. I use it every day. Not that that matters, but it's really something to check out. The Living Streams probiotics, great. Sulfur, people love it. They just keep ordering for years and years. So there's something going on with our sulfur. So a few of the things that that we work with. Dr. Cowan's powders. Don't forget those babies. Some amazing vegetables. There's no way you're going to, you're going to eat burdock or mm, all these other different uh, um, powders. He has some great turmeric and sea vegetables. So we have some cool stuff. So I love you all very much. I thank you for your ongoing support. Uh, Thanks to Sharon for uh, holding this whole thing up because I'm you know, out to lunch most times. And um, let me know if we can help with anything. Just email me, patrick at oneradionetwork.com. So I love you all. Uh, Thank you, and uh, may the blessings be.